Hi, my name is Jazz. Hi, my name is Margo, and this is Mangoes and Coconut. Thank you. This is episode seven, I think. No, this is episode eight. Oh, this is episode eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. We wanted to thank everybody who listened for the past seven episodes and who are asking for more. And we have already 107 followers on Spotify. Yes. Yeah, Margo. It, it seems like it's not a lot, but it's a lot for us. Hundreds. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm happy that people are listening. Or <laughs> they're being entertained, and they're asking for more. Maybe one or two are asking for more. <laughs> 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 not everyone, but yes, thank you. Out of the hundred and seven, I think maybe seven or more are like what family members. <laughs> <laughs> well, like in a month's time, we added like eight people. It was just a lot because we were under a hundred for like the past few months. That's you know? not bad, Margo. I, I'm the only one who's checking the statistics occasionally. Jazz is <laughs> is just the receiver. I just text him, Oh, we have a hundred seven. <laughs> yeah. I just post whatever Margo sends me. I know we've not we have not been posting much on Instagram, but because we have our day jobs. <laughs> yes, and that is going to be the topic for today. Mm-hmm. What is our day jobs? What are our day jobs? What are Jeff? our day jobs? Well, before we get into that, Margot, how are you? I'm okay. I'm just. <laughs> I just. <laughs> we before we recorded this, I just told Jazz like a 30 minute story of how much I enjoyed the talk show that I just watched live um, at Ed Sullivan Theater. I watched The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, who I love so much. And this is the first time I've seen him live. And I'm so happy he met my expectations. Um, just to give you a clarification of what Margot means, she was <laughs> saying that he was a very ravaging silver fox. Was, do you guys hear so the killing voice of Margot? <laughs> No, it's just beyond what I expected him to be. I know people don't understand, but if you're a fan and you just meet somebody in person, he's such a genuine person and a real entertainer and very nice to everyone in the in the studio or in the theater. Sorry. Yeah. Given a few moments, Margot, to spend time <laughs> with Stephen Colbert, what would you say to him? Like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a, an uncle or a dad. It's like I, I just wanted he's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mind you, the, the demographic. So I went to Jimmy Fallon before. The demographic was like all either um millennials or Gen Zers. They're not much like older individuals. The demographic so the young people that go to Jimmy Fallon has the younger generation. Like everybody okay. who went there, watched it live, were so young. In Stephen Colbert, it was mixed. So it was like a lot of different ages. And a lot of families watched it together. Oh, that's nice. Uh, it's, just, it's just amazing. It was so, such a, watch it. What is this today? What is today? August 12th? Yes. The, the show tonight on August 12th is what I watch, where Jennifer Hudson sang Respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. And it was amazing. <laughs> 
It was amazing. And I'm a fan of American Idol. And I can hear the excitement in your I voice. Know, was, she came out on stage with like this amazing dress. Everybody just screamed, wow. And she just thanked everyone because she was like so surprised. Everybody said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how, how's Maryland jazz? It's hot. It it, no, hot. it's been... It's been it's been pretty hot the past few days, maybe about like what ninety seven to about a hundred and three. Um, I think this is all. Oh, I don't know. This is maybe it's just in my head, but I think this is mostly climate change. The West Coast is burning, which I think yeah, we I mean, should talk been, about. We'll we'll place that in a future episode. Well, before we get into what physical therapy and occupational therapy is, you guys have a new governor. <laughs> New York has a new governor. <laughs> Before we get into the actual podcast topic. Yeah. Because I mean, Jazz is like, talk. you have I a new... Want to talk about... <laughs> what? It's... How would I say? Everyone was looking up to this governor before. Oh, Governor Cuomo. Like, he was doing yeah. so well during the pandemic with his response. And then now allegations are coming up that he sexually harassed, I don't know, how many women? 11. 11. Yeah, 11 or... It's weird. I would say, well, during COVID, I was like one of the people who was listening to his um, uh, daily news update. Yeah, Um, he had that, right? I would say that would have, like, that moment, it was helpful. I even bought his poster (laughs) that I had to rip. (laughs) He was was selling, he was selling. But you know, the poster was made by, like, the the kids with disabilities. So that's why I bought it. Um, Oh, okay. I thought he was selling posters. He was selling posters about what happened to, uh, during COVID in New York. Um, his face was there, but it was made by kids with disabilities. So I, I bought one. But after 11 people, like there were like three who already said it and they had the same story. And then I decided to take it down and throw it away. You cannot. Yes, he has done some good things, but you cannot mask it. You know, just because he did good things, you forget about yeah, I mean, what he's done to other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it doesn't absolve you from... It doesn't give you the permission to do what yeah. he did. Um, I'm just waiting for, I guess, a trial. I'd still stick by. I mean, you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But it does seem like you're guilty because everyone else, everyone is saying it. Because I mean, ele- like if 11 of- women came forward with the same story... like the yeah. same, It's not the same story, but the same elements of the story then it must have been true they i think they did like what uh, a thorough investigation as to what happened right um and then i think it did come up that he did what he did and Um, he has to answer to what he did even though he did some good things in new york he also did some bad things during covid but he has to answer to that and the credibility of the position is compromise so he has to go down and he has to resign he's been asked to resign by uh the president president biden asked him to resign wow and he didn't until yesterday yeah it was like it was like a sudden thing right i saw that like breaking news oh cuomo resigned yeah now new york has its first female governor kathy wait i googled this earlier because i didn't know who she was Cassie Hutchell, H O C H U L, Hutchell Hutchell. In, I have in no Brooklyn, idea what she, she in is. In Brooklyn, they would say that. Oh, ah. Uh, so I would say Hutchell. Hutchell. 
Hutch. Well, hopefully, I mean, uh, it's just sad to see someone fall from grace that bad. I guess it's been there. Just no yeah. one in it. No one was, was speaking up at that yeah. time. Yeah, I think it's been there. And now is the time where women can and will speak up. So Yes, and know. I hope um I hope it does continue to happen. Um that women continue to speak up. I have two two daughters. I have you as a friend, I have a wife, so I mean Definitely. That's, that's inappropriate behavior. Um mm-hmm. it definitely. Okay. All right. Margo, let's dive into it. <laughs> let's talk about the thing that we we are <laughs> we were supposed to talk about a few minutes ago. That we are we decided before not to talk about. Not because... to talk about. <laughs> well, what is our day jobs? Okay, it's not that we don't like what we're doing. It's just you know a change of topic. But today yeah, we'll right. <laughs> we'll explain what we do. Yeah. We'll do our best. I mean, I can't promise to. I'll speak for what I know about my profession. That's why we're like, we'll tell you what we do. That's why we're recording at 11 o'clock sometimes because <laughs> we're tired, but we're doing it anyway. Um, so I'm an occupational therapist also called OT and you are. I am a physical therapist. Sometimes we're called as physiotherapists. Um, I'm, personal trainers. I, I'm waiting for you to say I'm a doctor. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> well, he is. Now I said it. You are. So we have titles that at the end of our names. Mine is an OTR slash L. What I, I always get confused about that one. I mean, what does the L oh, it's slash the, L stand for? OTR is that you're registered because you passed the uh, National Board of Certification for OT in the United States. The extra L, slash L. Mm-hmm. it means that you're licensed in a specific state. Yes, because you can't work like in New York or even Maryland if you're not licensed in that state. So OTR so slash L slash L means you're licensed in this state, not just the re- you're you're not just registered nationally. You're also licensed specifically to the state that you're in. Okay. I mean, as far as physical therapists are concerned, I mean, I think once we graduate, you get the title of PT, just that regular PNT at the end. If you do get your doctorate, I use mine. So I write DPT or sometimes I would put the doctor in front of my name, but I would clarify that I am a doctor of physical therapy, not a doctor of medicine. And But you do have like an RPT, like a registered physical therapist. No, I, I believe you don't um, put that. I don't place that in, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was still back in the Philippines, RP, RPT, Registered Physical Therapist. You don't use that here? You just say PT or PT. Yeah, I mean, I've always just used PT. Oh, and then so it's only OTs DPT. who say OTR. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's how we do like, it. Well, the nomenclature is, I mean, I think it's just titles. Yeah, no, because there's assistance and then aids. So R yeah, like is um, OTR is the registered, which is me, and then the the assistants are COTA, C O T A, certified OT and, assistant. And then for us, it would be PTA, physical therapy assistants. So you're P, comma PT, and then comma PTA are the assistants, right? That's what I see when they sign. You know what? I've actually never taken a a PTA. Uh, a good look at what they <laughs> sign. sign with. I see. I mean, I just see the PTA after, and then I, I already assume that okay, this is um he or she is an assistant 
or whatever pronoun they want to use. Pronoun, um, pronoun assistant. <laughs> they. Okay. They, what? <laughs> That's another conversation. This is another Just conversation. To educate ourselves what that means. Okay. Um. When, no, I mean, I'll bring it up since um, we're using Squadcast right now. There was an update when I was trying to log in. I was writing in. Now you see what my you see my name over there. I wrote in Jazz, um, but then it also gave me the option to choose a pronoun for myself. So I that know. was new. I've been having that. That's new to yeah, you. Think, I've been having yeah. that um, question on. on a pronoun. Yeah, I yeah. put our pronouns on our Instagram. He, she. Yeah, there was a question. Yeah. Pronouns. I mean, again, that's another topic. That's okay. <laughs> that's another topic. <laughs> DPT <laughs> So so that's our 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 current titles. Yes. You're O T R slash L mm. and I am DPT. And um how do we start this? You explain you explain uh, your Okay. Um I'll try to define physical therapy as far as my best definition of it. Um I think if I was to differentiate physical and occupational therapy, I would say that physical therapy is, it's very functional. I mean, it's, it's not like yours isn't functional, but it's like functional mobility, like gross walking, strengthening, neuromuscular training. Um, it's hard for me to describe it in words. I think it would be easier for me to describe it in a case, let's say a stroke patient. I'd help the stroke patient walk. Well, you would help the stroke patient be able to get back to cooking, dressing. That's the best way. It, it's hard because I think our, our hey, you are do so this good. every day. You should have like a definition. <laughs> but but my spiel is a little bit different. Uh, um, how about you just describe PT? If you were a patient, PT. this is how I would PT. I'll help you get moving. <laughs> oh, okay, that's the most. That's actually helpful. I think that's that's, that's yeah. the best way. Yeah. The simplest way that I could describe it, I'll help you get moving. How about you? How would you describe OT? Uh, it, you know, I, I honestly did not prepare for this, but I thought about it coming home today that I have to <laughs> come up with a <laughs> definite answer. I think I just mumbled but a while like, ago. So. <laughs> occupational therapy, from the word itself, occupation, the goal of an OT is to bring the person back to its previous occupation. So something that disabled that person from doing their previous occupation or current occupation, we provide purposeful I mean, I activities. That's what we yeah. call it. Purposeful activities uh -huh. and modifications, compensatory strategies in order for the person to return to their prior level of function but if that's was, very uh, that's very broad because yeah. um an ot works in different areas of uh healthcare so there are ot's in the hospital mostly handling hand cases or post-surgery there are ot's in psychiatric facilities addressing people with mental health illness trying to get them back in the society in a more functional way. And there are OTs in um, pediatric. So there's school, like what I'm doing now, or trying to get the kids to be more age appropriate in preparation for classroom or school. Okay. I mean, I think it's the same for, for physical therapists. Um, the field is very broad. Um, like what you said, you can be in a hospital, 
that hospital can have different specialties, cardiac, neuro, ortho. You could be in working with kids. I think it's just a really big umbrella of rehabilitation. PT's there, OT's there, speech therapy's there. I mean, it's a really big field. Like we try to get the person back to where he or she was, right? Have you heard about this description? PTs teach people how to walk and that OTs teach you how to dance. Is that, oh, have you heard no. that? No? No. No, that, that's that the sound... first time? Okay, so yeah. that's what they say. Uh, PTs teach you how to walk while the OTs teach you how to dance. That That's actually pretty good. I think I'll use that for my patients now. <laughs> I'll steal that line <laughs> you from you. You know who told me that? My mom. Like at the beginning of my OT school. That was the first question that I was going to throw at you. I mean, how did you end up in this profession? It was supposed to be a pre-med. I was supposed to apply for PT. So and then what happened? And then we had a conversation with my parents and my, my dad said, you know, there are very few OTs and I think you should get OT. You should take it up. It's not something I knew. I had zero knowledge. When your dad said, like, take up OT, what did you initially think? So they were trying to explain to me, if you're going to medicine anyway, pick a profession which you can use just in case you decide not to take up medicine, which is exactly what happened to me. (laughs) And then they said, you know what, try OT because that's a new one and not a lot of people apply for it. Uh, You will have, you know how parents think, like, you can get a job. Because you, you picked <laughs> this true. one. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, went. if you don't go to medicine, you'll have that stable career mm-hmm. either way. So I went for it. But it's uh-huh. not really what I wanted in the beginning. I, I actually got into an accounting school. In what, I wanted to do that. You wanted I don't, to do I don't want, I don't know why, but I wanted to be an accountant. <laughs> I mean, like knowing you, this is the first time I've heard that you wanted to be an accountant. I got in that school. I got into La Salle for accountancy. And I really thought I was going in there. And somehow, I still don't remember how I decided, I'm going to take up OT. Wow. I would have gone to La Salle. (laughs) I'll, I'll give you the question back. How did you end up taking up physical therapy? Well, my parents were forcing me to go. <laughs> maging, maging nurse ka. Oh, to, that's one well, of... No. Yeah, that's... They weren't we forcing were me to in that, If people don't know... It, was, it was that time, right? It was, it was that, that year that everyone yeah. was taking up nursing. Uh, yeah, everyone was that's taking up nursing. That's why there are a lot of Filipino nurses. My dad was a dentist. Um, well, my pa- both my parents are dentists. Mm-hmm. My dad's the, the surgeon and my mom's the orthodontist. My dad wanted me to take up dentistry. I assisted him... Well, a number of times doing surgery on the mouth, which I found very disgusting at that time. <laughs> and then my mom said, like, Magnurska, Magnurs. <laughs> I didn't want to be. Is that how she said it? Magnurska. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm kidding, mom, if you're listening. No, but then she wanted me to become a nurse. And then I didn't want it to do it because everyone was doing it. And then, frankly, I didn't know what I wanted to be. You know okay. the time when, when we had that, the, the college exams? You applied to UP, you applied to LaSalle, Ateneo, USD, different schools. What, what do I choose? All I knew at that time was I was into theater, but I couldn't sing. I was into sports. I was into weightlifting. And I thought, hey, physical therapy sounds, sounds like something. But I never thought that it would be what 
I mean, oh, yeah, I always thought that it would be. You didn't take up theater or arts. You don't have to sing for that. But I mean, I can act, but I can't sing. Oh, for... you can act. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so I got my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's when you ended up deciding. Yeah, like I'll I'll take up physical theater. So you were kind of pushed into that. I, I guess so. I mean, I was cur- gently coerced. <laughs> that's how I would phrase it. Um, <laughs> the first few coerced. years, the first few years were rough. I mean, like just all that studying that we had to do. I cannot explain how hard it was to be in OTPT school. I we didn't sleep. I, there was no sleep for five years. The my hard friends <laughs> in other schools were partying. You know what I mean? Like they were partying. Yes. They're always like going out in bars and clubs. I have to stay at home to study. Study I always comparative to, yeah. anatomy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my friends did that too. I mean, and then you were just stuck there. Like, I want to go out. And then you go out. And then you fail the test the next day. It's like, no, not happening again. Uh, it was So for everyone, uh, it was five years of schooling in our university. In, in the United States, it's different. It's not five years of school, but rather two years of a bachelor's degree of any kind and a master's degree of PT or OT. The first two years, I'm not sure if that's a bachelor's already or like an associate degree. And then you have to get your bachelor's and then you get your master's. It could be in right? any associate yeah, or bachelor's. Could, yeah, you could, cho- but you could like choose to do whatever you want to do. Like it doesn't sort of, have to be. Uh, yeah. But in it our, doesn't have to be super connected. Yeah. But in our case, it has to be from the very beginning that you study PT or OT. And we went to the same college. We see each other. Popular jazz. See? Not popular see. jazz. Jazz is popular. Stop it. School and then we life. have four years of just being in school, doing all the book stuff. Theories. <laughs> right? uh, and and dissecting at, bodies. Dissecting bodies and stuff. And then on our fifth year, it's like a full year of internship, which yeah, I realized, oh my gosh, that was an experience. And people here in the United States do it differently. Yeah. Okay, so what I know, because we've got students, we've got observers, they first have to like get 40 hours of, of just observing. Um, Before they even get into occup- the school? And then they submit that to the school that they're applying to. So in order for them to get into a school, they have to observe an occupational therapist, you know, in real life (laughs) and get a signature of how many hours. So they need 40 hours of that. And then when they get into school, they get two years of, so they already have their bachelor's degree, whatever it is. Like it could be film. Cause recently I had a, we had an observer who's a film student who wants to be an occupational therapist. So, what wow, he's applying to is a master's degree. A drastic shift. From- I know. Everyone had a different degree. That's their bachelor's or associate's degree. In order for them to apply to a master's degree in OT, they have to get the hours, the 40 hours. And then when they get into the master's degree, they take the exam, the national board certification. In in my case, I have to take five years of bachelor's of OT, which was accredited in the United States as a master's degree because of the theses, the research, because we, yeah, we had all that. that. We had. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and the, the amount of time we spent for internship, field work is what they call it here in the United States. So anyway, that's, that's how it works 
in my profession. And I know it's different for you. From For most of the people that I know that took up physical therapy over here, not a lot. I mean, I've had a few students, but it seems that the current courses now, they offer the, the straight program sort of like hours. You can take it five years or seven years, and then you graduate as a doctor of physical therapy. In, in PT, you have to be DPT to take yes, the exam. Now. I think it was 2020 or 20. Yeah, I think it was 2020 when they required. Um, everyone's now required to be a doctor of physical therapy. That's like the baseline. Yeah, thank God I don't have to do that. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm pretty thankful I did it. Um, I know. Good job. When did you get yours? 2017. Yeah, I was supposed to graduate when my daughter was born. I wasn't, I was, I wasn't able to march. <laughs> but you I wasn't didn't able to. to watch Hamilton because my daughter was born. You didn't have to. You just get your degree. Oh, I think it was you, Gino. He said you had tickets for Hamilton. I wanted to go. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah! my daughter was getting... And then oh, she was... Because it was due on the month that we were watching Hamilton. It was 2017. 17. Yeah, 2017. So I was super excited. There were only three people in the rehab department who are diehard Hamilton fans. It was me, Gino, and Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, I, and then we invited you. You have to be there for your wife when she gives birth. Yeah, uh, I know. I, I remember asking the doctor, "Are you sure it's probably gonna take that long? I'm just gonna be in New York for a little, like a day." But it's okay. You get to watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, I mean, we we got to watch it in Disney. Oh, that yeah, was pretty, I mean, Disney forgot. was that but was I, an experience. I think then weren't you supposed to watch it live before COVID? I think we were supposed to uh, watch it, and then I think I had another daughter. No, no, no that wasn't that wasn't Michigan. That wasn't my other daughter. Um, no, it was during the COVID time, right? You were supposed to yeah. watch it live. It's okay. You get to watch Lin Manuel Miranda instead. You should watch. Have you watched Vivo? Vivo on Netflix. I've seen it eight times the past three days. How because do you of spell it? How do you spell it? Vivo. V i v o. V i v o. Vivo. 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 It's a Netflix. Oh, um, it's voiced by Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel. It sort of sounds like Hamilton, the way that he can pose. Ah, I know this. They're everything. like, uh, what's that animal? Vivo animals. It's an Amazonian monkey. King, Ka- monkey King Kaju. See, there you go. King King Kaju. <laughs> King Kaju. King Kaju. <laughs> what? King King Kaju. Okay, I'm gonna stop saying it. <laughs> You're probably butchering the name. What are ah. we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> Physical and occupational therapy. See? How do you sort this of is, get into it? This is why we we went into a podcast to not talk <laughs> about our jobs. Okay. So we decided, we graduated, we moved. So we moved to the United States. Oh, do you want to talk about where you worked when you were in the Philippines? Well, it wasn't. A lot of work. <laughs> I, I basically graduated 2011. My whole goal was to go over here. I did work. I tried um, home therapy there, which is different from home therapy here. So basically, I just go to patients after work. I'd go to their homes, treat them for, get the doctor's referral, treat the there patients. There were less then, paperwork. No paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> there was none. There was none. Uh, there was a sheet of paper. Which you had to write what but you did. Not, but not to the extent of what you're doing right now. Yeah, not to the but extent. they pay you yeah. more, Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> I get paid more now. I mean, but I got fed when I went to people's homes before. Okay. Oh, mag-juice ka muna and mag- 
Kape ka. I've never done home care in, in the, the Philippines. Philippines. No, no. I mean, never. I tried applying for, I did volunteer. Um, I did volunteer for some community-based rehabs over there. I applied for work at a clinic, but then they were only going to pay me 10,000 pesos a month. Then I computed everything. So 9,000 would probably be spent for me just traveling back and forth. Oh, that's too much. Yeah, so it didn't it didn't make any sense as far as yeah, I, working. I, I worked in a a chill I, my first job was in like a sensory gym owned by a speech therapist. So it was part-time work. They pay you per person you see. You know, that's part-time. It's not salaried. And then I but it was a fun job. I'm still friends with the owner. And I, I and then I worked at a children's hospital, which is a salary job, which had a lot of uh, duties. Hi, everyone. Who I used to work with. There was a lot of things to do because I remember going home at like 7 or 8 p.m. We can name drop the hospital, right? It's not that. It's just I'm just telling them like how much work I did before. <laughs> I just remember, but I was young, so I can still work at that hour. You know, I can wake up. Bargo. No, I feel it now, Jazz. Like I, I can't, can't go past five p.m. Like, or what else I'm gonna die. That's my job before. I mean, moving to the United States, we had the same job in a skilled yes, nursing we facility. In skilled nursing facilities. It's, it's so it's different. It's so different. I learned, but I learned so many things. It's, I would say probably the worst experience that I've had, but it was also the most learning that we've had. A lot of rough work, basically treating patients who are elderly. Half of Mostly them... Mostly elderly, yeah. Half of them probably has, you know, some form of dementia or uh, cognitive problems, of course, as a result of aging. And a lot have arthritis or hip, knee, shoulder. Most of the patients <laughs> have, like, at the very least, maybe five diagnoses. Um, diabetes, hypertension, obesity, arthritis. And that's like a common thing. That's like for everyone. You see a patient, oh, he probably has, or she probably has all of these. Yeah, like word of warning, we learned that diabetes ruins everyone's bodies in, in you know, in all directions. So please, please watch your sugar. Yeah, I mean. It's the worst. Like, I stopped smoking at a certain age when smoke? I was in college. I did smoke. My first cigarette was when I was in fifth grade. I stopped smoking when I was like in second year college or third year college. Um, but I wasn't like a, a super hard smoker. Oh, look at that. But now, but now that you see, now that I see patients with COPD. consistently <laughs> with COPD and how bad it can get, you guys have to stop smoking. Yeah, everybody had like oxygen, 24 hours. But you know yeah, like yeah. how addicted they are to nicotine because nicotine is a substance that makes it addictive they're so addictive that there are some patients who smoke while the nasal cannula (laughs) nasal cannula is the thing that you put in your nose that gives the oxygen and you're not supposed to do that because that's fire next to oxygen but you know you can't stop a person i guess you're free to do what you want (laughs) of course he was reprimanded because he will cause fire He's probably going to burn himself. Burn himself and the facility. That's just a stupid thing to do. But that's the addiction part of it. Are you thankful for what you're, I mean, like that you took up occupational therapy? 
looking back at it? Or, or would you have chosen any other field aside from accounting? I think I would have. Like, I'll give you a time machine now. You can you can turn back time. No, but that would change the course of life and the people you meet. We wouldn't have had a podcast. <laughs> with 107 There were followers. so many things. Uh, with 107 <laughs> followers. I wouldn't be friends with the people I know. I don't know. I, I don't think I can give that up. And the things that I learned as I grew older... Because the the profession itself led me to the United States, gave me that opportunity because I have that license. You understand? Like it wouldn't no, have. No, yeah, it I wouldn't have. It. But I mean, like hypothetically, if it, if everything was going to be the same or mostly the same, would you have chosen another field? I would have. I would like have. Like what? Because now I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of doing it. Okay, I still enjoy. I'm just going through something. I feel like when you're when you're doing something over and over again for the past 10 years, you feel it and you need a break. What so I feel like through, I'll, I know. <laughs> 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 you don't feel it because you have to work <laughs> for your I family. Do. I do feel it, Margo. I mean, sometimes um, you be- just want to, like, okay, I'm going to change careers and I just wanted to do something clerical you know you the thing that you don't have to think you just have to <laughs> sort things or like put tags on things or i envy right now something <laughs> when i go to costco and i see those people the people that sort of just like swipe the groceries chi 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 i kind of i kind of want to do that or like the people who just check your receipt when you exit <laughs> Or I can just stand there in front and they just click one, like, two. Uh, Count like, the number of people okay, that go in. Our job, I think, became more time-consuming because it's like customer service of the disabled. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like you, I work you don't in a have, five-star hotel in which have I have to, to treat the patient. You have to deal uh, with the disability plus the reaction to the disability and how you have to... It's, it's just a it's lot of things. To be honest, I didn't want an office job um, to begin with. So I think that's why I'm here. But the work in itself is somewhat emotionally draining. I mean, we work with a lot of older people. Um, I'm doing home health right now. So I, I, I talk to a lot of people that are mostly by themselves. And it's hard. Some stories are really sad. Some people are fine. But most of them... The emotional baggage they carry sort of just you have to shoulder that burden as as someone who's and you're them. a sympathetic person you're no an empathetic person you feel i can't how would i say it's hard for me to provide good therapy it's hard for me to get that person better if i can't if i can't relate to that person and that so is I why jazz won an award of <laughs> compassion in in their company i'm telling you like everyone <laughs> Well, there were nominations, and I heard from the grapevine that Jazz won the award of compassion. Is that the award? You heard, you heard wrong, Margo. What is the name of the award? I'm the meanest therapist there is. No, he won an award. What is it? Compassion? Compassionate Care Something Award. See, out of all the therapists in their area, in, the, I mean, in but home it's not care. Supposed- I don't think it's supposed to be an award. <laughs> no, to, no, to be honest, I don't think it's supposed Jazz to be an award. Is the I think Lola Whisperer. Supposed- you know, Lola or Grandma Whisperer. 
my grandma raised me, so I can I can relate to older people a little are, bit better. There are a few people in the rehab department where when we used to work, there are only three people I remember, or four. And they're all men and they're all Lola whispers. Like if you're good with, with older <laughs> like people. They, if you cannot convince this grandma to come with you or to do something, you call these four people that I know and they will talk them into it. <laughs> and Jazz is one of them. <laughs> well, so who's the other three? I'm, now I'm curious. Who's the other three? Uh, there are three that I know, like based on my experience. This is in where we used to work. It's yeah. Gino. Oh, yeah. Kuya John. But I don't know. You didn't work with Kuya John. And then Jaime. Just for a little bit. Jaime. Jaime, Kuya John, See? and Gino. And they're all in the same city. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they're Lolo Whispers. Well, that's in... in uh, And then you. you. You must give up <laughs> some charm to the Lolas. Yeah, I sort of un- unbuttoned the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but it is tiring. I mean, getting back to what you were saying, it does. I mean, I look forward to vacation days. Mm. Now that I'm working with pediatrics, it's such a different world. It's more, I would say, more satisfying. Really? For me, because the the goals of the kids, especially I get the young ones, the three to five, the preschoolers, and they have progress like over the years because they are. Oh, because you, know, you see them, you see them three to five. The yeah, I have kids under my wing since they were three. Now they're six. I worked um, a little bit. I dabbled a little bit in pediatric physical therapy. I don't think it it was for me. I see that PTs like have fun with it because they teach them how to run, how to walk, and you can be as creative as you want. I'm not really a creative person, but I just you know look over the other OTs to Pat (laughs) (laughs) all her crafts. I I copy. (laughs) I always tell her like, "What are you doing today?" (laughs) I always ask her. Well, what are you doing? Can I do that too? <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard. I mean, uh, I, I mean, you know what? I mean, I think what you're doing with kids—that's pretty—that's pretty neat. And then you, that you see the progress. Yeah, it's I sort see. Of hard. I see more progress in kids. It's harder when we work with older people. I have too many people dying. Or, or you know, people. you just want them to feel comfortable until the time comes. At a certain point. We're all going to die. We're all headed there anyway. Um, but it's just sad. And I think the big factor also, like working with kids, especially here in New York, everything is paid for. All the services that kids um, receive, OTPT and speech, they're all paid for. So all they have to do is attend. It's not so much... Uh, that they have to shell. And people have to yeah. shell out. But sometimes Is that like a program of New York? or I don't know, that- but the city pays for it. Oh, that's okay. Under the school. Under the school, but it's okay. like it's if you're approved, the parents don't shell out money. Okay, I mean that's that's pretty good. I think um, occupational therapy is is amazing. It's just a lot of thinking because a lot the, of documentation. The, that too. Oh my gosh, I can't even begin. <laughs> like we were supposed to record Monday and. I told Jazz I have a lot of paperwork to do. I actually ended at 3 a.m. 3? Because what? I'm not, I'm a procrastinator. So <laughs> it was due Tuesday and I did it Monday night. But it's just so much paperwork and a lot of thinking because you have to see, like, you have to adjust yourself to the kid 
it's very holistic. So our profession is whatever that person presents, it has to be fit to them. Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't you have work, to tailor a program. Yeah, if it doesn't work, you have to change it. And this is what I always tell the parents: like, there's no definite time your child will be able to to learn how to sit down or learn how to write. It's it depends on the child, and I have to change everything. Like if this doesn't work, I have to move on. Like there's a lot of sensory integration approach with OTs and fine motor. It's a lot of working around it. And with kids, you have to think that they're kids, so you use play to to do all these things. So mostly going back to explaining our jobs, uh, the OTs in the school. What we're doing is mostly our goal is for them to be able to participate in class. Um, that involves writing, cutting, um, copying, sitting, simply sitting down on a chair as long as five minutes or like attending to a task. And, pe- and kids with disabilities, especially diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. And it's a lot of work and practice and a lot of sensory play. At the end of the day, they're kids. I can't force simple, them. Right? It has to be. It has to it come ha- from them. To. Has to yeah. naturally come out of them. So I feel like, yeah, it's a lot of learning experience, and I learn a lot from my coworkers. I watch my PTs I work with, OTs I work with, and I get a lot of ideas from them until I. Yeah. I'm just trying to take a look at it from another person's point of view. Um, if they were to look at what we do, it does seem quite simple, but. There's a lot of intention. There's a lot of, but I think what we do as a physical and occupational therapist, we get people, kids, elderly people, middle-aged people, be able to do what they want to do. So for people who don't, like we're both in the rehab. Rehab meaning we try to get you back up. Rehabilitate. Yeah, yeah, rehabilitate. Basically, if you start from zero, then we'll help you get back to 100. Mm. So anybody who uh, has disability, so when you get stroke or you injure yourself, you end up in a rehabilitation um, setting or outpatient, <laughs> inpatient, right? So that's our job. And most of the time, PT and OTs work together. Yeah, I think That's it, our job. It's... <laughs> <laughs> um, we do. Okay, let me, let, can we talk about home health? Because not a lot of yeah. people know that. So Jazz works in home health. I used to work for like four months in home health care. Um, I've been doing it for about four years now. And I know. Has it been that long? It has. So mine has, has been man. four years ago when I did the four-month stint of health care, <laughs> home health. Home health is really different. Um, as far as fields of therapy go, this is probably one of the fields that's not for everyone because you have to do a lot of driving. It's not a controlled setting. It is the patient's home. So you have to adjust. Um, of course, there's some provisions like they keep, they keep their pets away. Right now there's COVID, you put on your mask. But overall, as far as how it's going, I, I personally like home health because it's very functional. Like I said, it's functional mobility. For example, I have a patient that she loves horses. She has horses. Her whole goal, her the only thing that she wants to do is to be able to ride her horses again, feed them, take care of them. She has issues with her back, with her knees. Um, neurologically, she has some problems. So that's what I help her with. We do the exercises. 
I retrain her how to walk. Um, basically, that's what we do. We go to up to we go out to, to her barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we feed her horses. You practice. She teaches me. Yeah, you exercise. Yeah. You practice with the supervision of the physical therapist. Yes, we have to do everything safely. We have to make sure that you know okay <laughs> then, doing that activity. Uh, and then Jazz has to document that that that's what happened. He can, she can walk like fifty feet. How you address your treatment? You have to uh, you have to make it measurable. Yeah, um, so that they can see the progress that they're making. But I also want to make it functional, or it have it has to be goal oriented for the patient. Like, I mean, I don't want her to be able to walk five hundred feet, but if it doesn't make any sense. Um, so sometimes I would write patient was able to walk out on a, on a snowy field with uneven surfaces <laughs> while negotiating rocks. Yeah. And we make a lot <laughs> of goals. Yeah. But basically I'll, I mean, as far as home health, I mean, how was yours as far Mine as Mine was more of activity. So in an area of OTs that are very, that we are famous for, it's called ADLs or IADLs. It's activities of daily living or instrumental activities of daily living basically adls are dressing toileting you know what you do every day to self-care question margo Mm. what are the six adls or is it six bathing dressing toileting damn hygiene and grooming (laughs) (laughs) wait six isn't it like six Six? no i memorized this i memorized this Cooking, right? Is it, is no, it that's IADL. I'm a DPT, not an, an OTR slash L. ADL. Cooking and um, shopping is IADL. ADLs are self-care. Okay. So I guess that's it. So I got it right. Unless some, I don't know. Some OT comments know you missed something. IADLs are more sure like community. <laughs> like for you, it's community mobility. For us, it's, it's that community um you engage in community activities like transportation, um, shopping, and cooking, meal preparation. That's all IADLs. Um, oh, feeding and eating is an ADL. Oh, there you go. So those are like stuff that we address when we do home health. And I go, so as I recall, I went to people's houses and assess the situation. So if they can't dress up, then we find a way how how they could dress up. Like I can't reach my hand. I, I can't reach the sleeve of my shirt. So let's do this instead. We we practice a compensatory dressing task. So we also do environmental modifications like um, recommend like grab bars in the in the bathroom or like a handheld shower or a seat. And then we practice how to transfer and how to take a shower. And I did that like the patient actually took a shower. Of course, you know, I'm outside. And then to the point that also like prepare meals, if that's what they want to do, then we practice preparing meals. Where that's should probably you put one your of stuff? my favorite things when I see uh, my occupational therapist or my, um, the occupational therapists that I work with, sometimes I would get in there. Well, they would still have, they'll, they'll still be doing their session. And then I'd see and them. Oh, so- they're making meals. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> it gets, sometimes it gets more complicated and the the patient cannot handle that because of some cognitive difficulties because we have patients who had stroke then you have to put visuals on the board and then you help them out it's it's very um as creative as you can get 
and, and you know, as simple as putting a picture on the wall and they said, oh, I never thought of that. Like something like that. And you like think small that, things that would make yeah. a difference. And like, oh, a sock aid, that's how it works. Every time I teach how to put a sock on a sock aid, it amazes them. <laughs> it is amazing. It is amazing. Like, oh, that's it? Yes. It was only here in the U.S. when I first saw those. Like, what are those things? And not the flimsy ones. The hard ones are very um, helpful, not the flimsy one. Yeah. So the sock aid, the shoehorn, and the reacher, it's like a hip kit, the yeah, long-handled yeah. sponge. It, it comes in a set. A hip kit because you can't really bend in a certain degree when you had a hip um, surgery. It's actually very textbook OT. What I learned in school is what I did in home health. I th- yeah. I mean, you get, I think home health is catered to, like I said, something a little bit more functional for the patient. You basically get to do what they want. I've been doing crazy things like, like I said, horses. And it could be as simple as I just want to be able to pick up I, my grandkids. I see the PTs also like practice because some patients have like big houses and you practice how to walk or endurance walking to the mailbox. Right? Yeah, sometimes the mailbox, but most. I find the mailbox boring. I would have them go around. If now that the weather is pretty good, I have them go around loops around the the neighborhood. Or if they want to walk with their dog, then we'll take the dog out. Yeah, there was one patient. She was an elderly lady, tiny petite lady, maybe about maybe five foot, five foot two. She was frail. She had two really big bull mastiffs. One of them jumped on my shoulder. So his head was like above my head looking at me. And then the good thing that the other bull mastiff sort of got in front of that bull mat, the the one that jumped out over me and pushed that other bull mastiff away. So does she walk the uh, the big dogs? Her son usually walks the dog. Oh yeah, because I, what if that dog pulls away, runs away, and pulls the little old lady? Yeah, um, they, we had to put them in in another room. I can't do my therapy with the dogs being there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, do you like? where you are working like the setting are you do you prefer home health or do you prefer working in other areas to be honest right now i think i actually like home health aside from the driving i find it i find it nice i mean i like i the, like the flexibility to, as well the flexibility um the patients are more at ease cuz they're at home Right, you're more comfy at home rather than you being in a hospital in a gown, not knowing who died in this bed yesterday. Now you're here. They have family there most of the time. They do, but sometimes they don't. And if not, then we sort most of become fat. compassionate award. <laughs> you become the members. Goes to Margot Juko. <laughs> I didn't never had a award like that. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, best in costume, Marco Chuko. <laughs> uh, I, I like kids now. I like working with kids. I think I'm more into pediatrics than I expected I would be. You think you'll, um, you'll try to do this for yeah, longer? Yeah, because I feel so, oh, the longer part, I don't know. But um, I feel like I know what to do with kids. Okay. Seems like like ha- I've had, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can handle them. <laughs> I've been working with kids for the past three years. Isn't and, it harder? I mean, 
isn't it harder with kids just because you're not just dealing with the kids you're also dealing with parents parents yeah you kind of like put your foot down when you speak to parents like this is what we're going to do but i also listen to them like they request things like margo can you focus on this rather than this i said okay let's do that and then i report to them i kind of like kind of know how when to say no 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 that's not what we're going to do that's impossible I mean, like the, that's not age appropriate you can't expect oh, so that to sometimes do that. they'll give you what unattainable goals or yeah, expectations yeah, but you, that are sort of out of yeah but and then you have to like snap the the parent back like okay your child is only three that's that's beyond his years uh and considering there's a diagnosis you can't expect him to to go beyond what he already knows now i would if they're anxious you kind of just like talk to them and have them or invite them during your therapy session so you could tell them this is what happened so then they can you know be more comfortable i i've dealt with so many anxious I can, parents i can only imagine how how would i say not compassionate but how how hard it is for you to sort of i mean like i'm a parent and then if i would hear you tell me no your kid can probably just do this at this time yeah because right? that's the the acceptable you probably have have a way of telling parents that nicely. You're able to yeah. break it to them gently. And you should, you know, I listen to them what they want. We'll try. And right now, this is the progress. And this is, most of them always have, you know, little, little progress. And little progress better than none. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll be, uh, I, I have so many um, kids who just shock us, like, because of their maturity, they they can do this now. They started speaking, they started playing, you know, engaging, and that has a lot to do with doing all three therapy and also doing school. Just a lot. in in pediatrics, you talk to a lot of people. You talk to the teacher, the aide, the the therapist. And then the parent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pediatrics not for me. But you know, it, teachers are are very friendly. Well, to me, they are. I mean, I think most teachers <laughs> are. I mean, I think teachers are amazing. I mean, like, how do they handle a certain number of kids trying to impart knowledge to them, with each kid being, you know, their own individual? I, I would say, like, before we end this podcast. I would say like because of teletherapy, because of the year that has been, the good thing that happened with COVID is that the parents, especially in my profession, the parents get to know their children and they get to know what we actually do. And they get to do the activities because we had to do it online and they have to do it with their kids. As I was doing my home visits for some patients, I would see their grandkids or their kids having that teletherapy or, or um, like school work. Yeah, school Zoom. school work on Zoom or they would have their whole class over there. Yeah. With the teacher explaining. That's hard. It is. You'd see some kids like, I know that that kid's not listening. That kid's doing something else. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. Just even in, I can't imagine doing a class and I only do one-on-one. <laughs> Kudos to all teachers. Really. Yeah, it's hard to do it. But now they appreciate teachers more. And like in, during therapy, now they know what we do. And when we actually saw each other all in person, we were like, wow, it's nice to see your face. <laughs> you're smaller or you're taller. Oh, I didn't expect you to be this big or 
this small because <laughs> because you only see each other in the Zoom, um, and you get to be creative. I get to, you know, the OTs really share activities because we run out of activities. There are so many things that I learned from other OTs that you can do at home that the parents are so amazed <laughs> that they're doing it. You know, they're doing it. They're enjoying it. Yeah, I, I got, I've gotten used to working with kids that I like like it. Well, that's yep. good that you actually like what you do. Not a whole lot of people can say that. Yeah. Huh. So that's <laughs> our job. <laughs> yes, that's and that's what we do. After um, we talk, I have to do paperwork. <laughs> it's absolutely. already midnight, I think. <laughs> it is almost midnight. Uh, after we do you talk, have to I do have... paperwork? No, I. Well, that's the good thing about home health. Not unless it's, um, you know, those start of cares, those initial visits where they, you have to. They don't know everything. that. Well, basically, start of, start of care. care. It's a shitload of documents. Let's just put it at that. Because that's the first time that you see the patient. Um, aside from that, I try to finish my work before I get home. I try to finish everything in my car. I'm very thankful that these are modern times. I just use my cell phone for documenting everything. now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like I'm everything to, to the doctor. I can, and I can imagine doing this in paper. And what if you make a mistake on paper? You're not even supposed to use whiteout. I, I have older therapists with me. They're in their 70s, 60s. And then they would tell me, you know, we used to write our notes in paper. And we have to sign them. We have to keep them. Because when we get audited, we have to show it to them. Imagine that. Like, I, I so can. Much, I mean, I mean. Much paperwork. Just one last thing. I do have a lot of coworkers that are a little bit older. Well, way older than us. They have a hard time using the device, so I'm thankful that we actually grew up using the device. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. For them. Yeah, I mean, but every, everything is changing. Everything's changing super duper fast. I like being a physical therapist, and it seems like you like being an occupational. Do therapist. you want to change professions? I forgot to ask that. If I could become a doctor, I would. Not a doctor of physical therapy, like a doctor of medicine. Would you want to pursue it? Like it's never too late. If someone would sponsor me so that I can still feed my kids as I do that. You know, yes. you know sometimes I think about that too. Like, what if I become uh, an MD? Just because, I mean, push. we're doing what we're doing now. It's I just think. so much money to spend. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's too much money to spend. I mean, in, it, in the time that I have to invest again for it, I kind of want to just throw that to my kids. My kids deserve it anyway. But if... If I do win the lottery, <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something when I'm older. I think I want to be a doctor still. Let's see. Yeah, it's never too late and you're here in the United States, but you have to pay for med school here. But, you know, it's like medicine, you don't have to be in a certain age. A lot of people take up medicine later in life. When my kids are older and I'm sure that if there's yeah, or no, no, no. I'll, I'll just pressure my kids to become doctors and then I'll be happy. <laughs> I could but, have been a doctor, but now you will be the doctor for me. <laughs> <laughs> but the doctors um, in, I don't know about um, in pediatrics, I think we, we deal more with the patient than the doctor. Basically we're like frontline soldiers as far as, as like we're in, at par with nurses and stuff like that. We go out and see the patients. So I hope you we guys went, learned one. 
We barely explained our profession today. We basically ranted. <laughs> but I really don't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to become a doctor because I didn't want to study anymore. That was my decision. Like, like let's just stop here and really? like live my life. <laughs> I kind of wa- wanted to study more. If Okay, if you do you, Jazz, but I'm like done. <laughs> I'm like, if my parents really didn't have done. to pay for other siblings' college, <laughs> then I would have probably pursued medicine. You can do it now, but I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really done. Let's. I just wanna open up like a coffee shop. <laughs> you know, Margot, I've been thinking about opening up a coffee shop. You gotta choose one direction, Jazz. <laughs> but I mean, like, open what, like a bagel shop or like a bake shop. I know people say that there's so many. Then. Who cares? If you want to do that, then do it. Bagel shop? You know what? It's a, it's a lot of work. Bagels are too much. But I like bagels. There's I love no bagels. type of bake shop that's not a lot of work. <laughs> it Yeah, that's true. I'll make coffee. I'll make coffee for people. You know, right? Like, isn't that a nice job? Yeah. You serve them and they're like, oh, they're happy because they got their coffee. Or like... I don't know. I'll have my so... MD coat on with my stethoscope. Here's your coffee. And maybe I'll, and then maybe, <laughs> oh, fine. And maybe I'll do like OT on the side, like part time. That's the beauty of our jobs. You can do it part time. Yeah, we can do our work part time. We're thankful and, for where and, we are. And a lot, of, and there's not a lot of PTs and OTs around, especially me. Like OTs are not very common. So you, you, you always have a job available. <laughs> You it's a hard profession. Lose. Not like, a lot of people want to do it. And it's expensive it? too. Yeah, so they you kind expensive. of they offer you jobs. So that's the beauty of it. <laughs> for um, our listeners, thank you for <laughs> bearing with our ranting. What are we going to talk about next time? We didn't talk about this. You know what? I'm not sure, Margot. This is a, a chill episode. Yeah, this is this is very laid back. This is uncut, raw <laughs> episode, which I kind of like. I mean, I I feel. Let's not edit better. this. <laughs> yeah, let's not edit this. I feel maybe I will edit a little bit, a but little I feel bit. good just talking to yeah. you, uh, talking to, trying to express our fr- frustrations, frustrations, and our, in our no, not, not frustrations, but I mean like um, <laughs> just someone to talk to. For our listeners, thank you for listening. Yes. We do our love our jobs like right now. Yeah, I yeah, don't we, yes, we do. Keep it. <laughs> it's just you have a moment in your life that you think about, oh, maybe I could do this too. We'll probably talk about more current events um, as we move forward with our upcoming episodes. Um, events that would be we think would be pertinent to to us. Mm-hmm. Let's let's I do mean, that. Let's do that next episode. We'll talk about it. We're not sure yet, but we will talk about something. <laughs> yes, we'll definitely talk well, about something. Well, it was something. nice talking to you just today. Yeah, so, same to you, Margo. I, like I said, I feel good. <laughs> I hope we educated them. <laughs> I think we just talked. <laughs> we just talked about... I, okay, I'm not going to go any further. Okay, so you, you can end this um, on a good note. We love our jobs, and Jazz can end this episode. Yeah, so as always, be patient. Go give love, be patient, be kind. Let's leave all hate behind. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.